0: Welcome to the IC Made podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website
1: at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. Okay, just so I know anyone who's seen this movie wants to do this. So on the count of three, we're going to do Wakanda forever, Okay. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. Wakanda forever. Okay. Just so we got to get that out of our system, be ready to go. Um, I've even, Carrie said I've got my Black Panther sweatshirt on. I didn't even, if I flip this hood up, I look just like the Black Panther. But I put too much product on my hair and I don't want to waste that. I'd be a good steward of my hair gel, so... Uh, Anyway, how many of you have seen the Black Panther movie? It's pretty fun. Man, I I love movies. Honestly, for me, I just love stories. I love reading stories. Carrie can tell you if, if we're not watching TV or watching movies, I read everything. I I mean any story we talk about, I've already read it because I just love reading stories. I love reading books. I love reading magazines, the news, movies. I love stories. I believe that all of life is a story. Do you believe that? Your life is a story. Every morning when you wake up, you have the opportunity to write your story for that day. You know, think about that. That is an important thing, especially when you realize our time on earth is very limited. We don't have a lot of time. Compared to eternity, our time here is so small Every morning we have the opportunity to write this, that chapter, to write that moment in our story. It's such a beautiful thing. I love stories. And we have all different aspects and parts or chapters of the story. Sometimes your life story feels like a comedy. Any of you feel like the part of your life right now is a comedy? You know, you're just like, I can't even believe this is happening. It's like in high school when I worked for, it was a sub shop sub sandwich shop but not subway it was blimpy and the mascot was the blimpy bear and sometimes i would show up for work and they would say chris we need you to put this bear costume on and go pass out flyers on the sidewalk i mean the bear head was this big when i when i think back to that scene of my life and i'm wearing a bear costume as a teenager passing out flyers it feels like a comedy chapter of my life story then there's the dramatic parts that feel like you're in a Sinatron, right? Where like I remember passing a note to my friend to give to Carrie in high school to find out if she liked me or not. You know, it's like a Sinatron. It was like at a tinta di SMA, something like that. Like, because we were in SMA, there was tinta, I was in love. And then it would be even more dramatic. I'm in love, we would break up, then we would get back together, then we would break up again, get back together. Break up again. Any of you ever have relationships like that? My heart was full, broken, full, broken, full, broken. It was like that. I think Carrie broke up with me so many times. But now we've been married for 23 years, so I win. Woo! So it wasn't a competition, but I, I did win. But all the different stories of your life, there's tragic moments or tragedies. When we were here in Indonesia and I got news that my grandfather died, that's tragic. All of us have those chapters of our life where we hear of something horrible. We weren't able to go home for the funeral. We had responsibilities here, so knowing my grandfather died and I wasn't able to be there, it was it was a tragic moment. Then there's victorious times in our life, and depending on what God has called you to do or what your purpose is, you find those those victorious moments. For for me and Carrie, planting this church and seeing with our own eyes, a dream that God had put in our heart. That's like a victorious chapter of our story where we see, you know, God told us to do it. We did what he told us to do, and God provided a team and everything that needed to happen and and made it happen, and now there's an international church in Maidon. It's such an, an awesome part of the story, and I believe that God has a story for you, and in your story, you're the hero. Jesus gives you everything you need to be the hero of your life story. And there's people in your story that are that are counting on you to be that hero. I believe, you know, when we look back at scripture, we see Jesus using stories. He called them parables. He used them to illustrate the things of God, illustrate God's truth. So what we do in the at the movie series is take our modern stories from the movie screen and use them as parables to illustrate God's truth. So as we start out Black Panther, let's look at just a short video clip of uh, the history of Wakanda. Baba?
0: Yes, my son? Tell me a story. Which one? The story of home. Millions of years ago, a meteorite made of vibranium, the strongest substance in the universe, struck the continent of Africa the plant life around it. And when the time of men came, five tribes settled on it and called it Wakanda. The tribes lived in constant war with each other until a warrior shaman received a vision from the Panther goddess Bust who led him to the heart-shaped herb, a plant that granted him superhuman strength, speed, and instincts. The warrior became king, and the first Black Panther, the protector of Wakanda. Four tribes agreed to live under the king's rule, but the Jabari tribe isolated themselves in the mountains. The Wakandans used Vibranium to develop technology more advanced than any other nation. But as Wakanda thrived, the world around it descended further into chaos. To keep Vibranium safe, the Wakandans vowed to hide in plain sight. Keeping the truth of their power from the outside world. And we still hide, Baba? Yes. Why? Fuck.
1: So that's the history of Wakanda, the place where the Black Panther is king. And it's it kind of shows this place, or the history of this place... It's this this beautiful country with a beautiful culture, and they have something so powerful. They have a truth of a power that they know will change the entire world, but they keep it hidden because they're afraid of the outside world. They're afraid that the outside world will affect their culture, change their way of life. They're afraid that it will contaminate them. They have everything they need, things going the way they want it. They don't want to be touched by the outside, so they keep it hidden. And I want to share just a few things that we see here in this movie that uh, threaten to destroy Wakanda. Things that not only we see in the movie will threaten to destroy Wakanda, but for us, these three things I'm going to share will threaten to destroy you and your life. These same three things will threaten to destroy a church. It's, it's, there's many levels to this. But let me just share with you these three things that will always cause problems for you. They will always limit your potential. They will always hinder your success. And let me start it off like this. Many of the problems we have in our lives, we cause ourselves. How many of you believe that? How many of you often, you have a problem in your life, you're facing something difficult and you realize, you know what, I did this to myself. This wasn't actually the devil came into my life and screwed things up. I do a pretty good job screwing them up myself. Anyone feel like that? And maybe you didn't cause the problem, but your response makes it worse. You caused it to grow or cause it to get worse. Here's three things that can threaten to destroy you, that threaten to destroy Wakanda in the movie. Hidden sin, undiscovered purpose, and isolation. Hidden sin, undiscovered purpose, and isolation. The first one, hidden sin. Wakanda had a secret. Not just this secret of this truth, of this power that they had, the king before the the Black Panther that we see in the movie, the current one is King T'Challa, his father had done something wrong. He committed something, as Christians, we would refer to it as a sin. He did something wrong, and he tried to cover it up. He tried to hide it. And it threatens to destroy the entire country. It threatens to destroy everything that Wakanda stands for, even threatens to destroy... Uh, the new king and his family. It really makes us think about King David. When I was reading this week, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. We see King David when he was trying to hide sin. which Just like what the king of Wakanda had done. Trying to, to hide something and it threatened to destroy everything. King David experienced this. He had an affair with Bathsheba, the wife of one of his soldiers. And when he had this affair with her, she became pregnant. And he's like, oh, no, there's, here's this sin. I've done something wrong. I've made a big problem. And instead of confessing his sin, instead of trying to make it right, maybe talking to Uriah, uh, uh, definitely going to God and repenting, he tries to hide it. The first way he tries to hide it is bringing Uriah in from the battle, and he wants him to, to go and celebrate and go to the party and go and, and, and spend time with his wife because that would fix everything, David thinks. You know, she's pregnant now. If I can get her husband to come home and spend time with her, then we can say, oh, wow, Uriah, congratulations. You're having a baby. No one will know it was me. But Uriah was too good of a man to do that. He was too loyal of a soldier. He said, I'm not going to party. I'm not even going to go and spend time with my wife as long as my men are on the battle. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't enjoy anything while he was there. And he ends up going back to battle. And David's like, wow, my, his lies, his manipulation didn't work. He's, he's consumed with trying to hide this sin. He doesn't want it to be found out until it pushes him to the point to where he thinks, the only way I can keep this hidden is to have Uriah killed. So he sends Bathsheba's husband to the front lines of the battle so he'll be killed in battle. And this doesn't have to come out as a big scandal for the king think about all the struggle and all the all the the stress and worry all trying to keep this hidden. And this hidden sin threatens to destroy David, his kingdom, everything that God was building through him, all because of one event, one hidden sin. In our lives, there's really no hidden sin. We can call it that, but we read scriptures over and over that talk about God being able to see the hidden place and God being able to see the the secret places. God sees everything. There's no hidden sin before him. We may think it's hidden because no one at church with us knows it, but God knows it's there. We may have that same stress and worry where we're so concerned. I've got to keep this hidden. We're so stressed out and worried. What if I go to church and people can see it on my face? They know that there's a sin I'm hanging on to. You know, maybe other sins you've removed, but there's this one sin that this is, this is my pet sin. This is the one I, I don't want to give up. I just keep it right here. I'm following God, but every once in a while I just want to pull this sin out. I need this one. Hidden sin, it threatens to destroy everything. And There's, there's other scriptures that talk about this, but specifically in David's life here, we see this hidden sin threatening to destroy everything. The second thing is undiscovered purpose. The new king of Wakanda, King T'Challa, aside from knowing he's the king, he really doesn't know what his purpose is. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do as king. He just is going to step up and be the king and continue doing things as usual, just like his father had done and his father's father before him. He really has no purpose. He doesn't understand why he's the king. He doesn't understand why he's on the earth. And we've talked about this often here about purpose and discovering purpose, that we're all created with a purpose. We're created with a meaning. There's, there's a point to our life. We just have to seek God and seek his purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This verse tells us that God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose. He's already already prepared good and amazing things for your life, and we're just meant to seek God and walk in those things. Imagine there's no tragedy worse than a creation not ever doing what it was created to do, right? Someone with a purpose and never finding it, and at the end of life, we we never found what we were supposed to be doing, so we didn't accomplish it. Look at Acts 13, 36. This is looking back at David's life later after he got past this hidden sin. In the New Testament, it's written, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Think about this. Obviously, we see from there that David got over the hidden sin, and, and we know he repented, and we'll look at some scriptures about that later. But at this point, it's looking back at someone basically saying he found his purpose and fulfilled it during his time on the earth. King David found his purpose. He, he served God's purpose in his own generation. That's what we would all want to be said about us, right? At the end of your life, don't you want someone to say, wow, she fulfilled God's purpose in her generation, in her time on the earth. He, he fulfilled what he was created for in that limited time that he had on earth. He did it, and then he just fell asleep. We have Growth Track that starts Saturday. I know this; we're squeezing in a promo, but this fits perfect here. <laughs> growth Track is Saturday. Gary, you appreciate I'm throwing Growth Track in here. 3 p.m. here at the church. One of the points of Growth Track is to help you discover your purpose. Whether you want to join the team and serve here or not, we want to help you discover your purpose. You know, we hope that when you, when you discover that, you'll want to, to use part of that here at the church. But I don't believe your purpose is just for inside these walls. It's much greater than that. But you could come Saturday and, and have help in growth track discovering what were you created for. What is your purpose? So you don't miss it. The other problem with undiscovered purpose is not realizing who you really are. When King T'Challa of Wakanda doesn't really know what his purpose is why he's king other than he's the son of the previous king, it causes him not to really understand who he is and what he stands for. We find that same problem in our life if we have undiscovered purpose. The third one is isolation, isolating ourselves, being alone, not surrounding ourselves with a good positive group of Christians, not having brothers and sisters around us. Isolation is always a dangerous thing. I mean, we all need isolation sometimes, right? We all need some quiet time. We all need to be alone from people. How many of you need that sometime? If you have small children, you may need it more. How many of you with small children, I need more isolation time? If you're a parent, it's very difficult. Sometimes for parents, the only isolation place you can find is the bathroom. And if you're like, I don't know if your kids are like mine. Gabriel, I hope he can't hear me. But it's as if he can feel my presence leave the room. Sometimes I'll disappear and I go to the bathroom because it's through my bedroom door into the bathroom door. It's the most isolated I could be, but it's like he senses it. And as soon as I disappear into the bathroom, as soon as I've shut the door and locked it, Dad, are you in there? It's like I, I just, it's like, Carrie, is it like that? It's like, I, I can't, there's no, you can't find any quiet place. It's so important. That little bit of time. But this isolation I'm talking about is spending too much time alone. Not, not making any relationships. Just getting to yourself and isolating yourself. Maybe because you've been hurt before. And you're afraid to get close to someone else because you just feel like, hey, I'm just going to get hurt again. Even maybe you're here at church and maybe you've had a previous church experience and you were hurt by church people. And even though you're here now and you feel like somewhat part of the family, you don't really want to get too close because you're like, you know what? I've been hurt before. It causes you to be isolated. It's a very dangerous thing. Living life alone is not healthy. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on or push one another on toward love and good deeds, those same good deeds that we were created for. When we get together, we push each other to do those things, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is saying, hey, don't stop meeting together. And I have to believe that Paul probably meant more than just an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday. You know, we have life groups, life group season right now. This sounds like a, an infomercial. I just have to let you know, if you're not in life group, I believe it's so important because you're able to get together with people that are going to push you on and encourage you to live the way God created you to live and find those good deeds, find your purpose that you're supposed to be doing. It's so important. We're, we're better together. That's what we say in life group. We are better together. Living life together, not being alone, it's, it's so unhealthy to be alone. Wakanda is isolated. They have this power, this truth that can change the entire world, but they keep it hidden. And I, I think about the danger of this when Christians or as a church, and I'll share more about how this is dangerous for a church in a moment, but as Christians, when we have this power, this truth that can change the entire world, we have the gospel. We have salvation. We have Hope from Jesus. When we have that and keep it hidden, just imagine the tragedy of that. We had a a pastor's seminar here on Thursday. Uh, Many local pastors were here. We had a speaker from uh, Yoido Full Gospel Assembly in South Korea, Pastor Paul Jung. Man, their church is, I believe it's the largest in the world. They have 800,000 members. They all meet in a church about this size. No, I'm just, I made that part up. Could you imagine 800,000 people in here? The exits would be, imagine the line for coffee. Am I, hey, we'll get you a coffee by Thursday. That would be horrible. But I saw videos, they have 800,000 members at all their campuses. But the the campus in Seoul, Korea, there's 200,000 members. So I saw a video of the people exiting the church. I've never seen that many people coming downstairs. Thousands and thousands of people. I mean, it was, it was amazing. But he was here sharing about missions and evangelism. And one thing that he said really made me think about this point of the danger of isolation. He said, if you receive the gospel and don't share it, it becomes spoiled. Or if you receive the gospel and don't share it, it ruins. Meaning that we receive something. God gives us something. And the Great Commission says that we're supposed to take that to the world. This great power that Jesus has given us and he says, now go preach the gospel to the entire world. Baptize them and and teach them my ways. It's, it's this thing that we're supposed to share. So he was saying, if we receive all of this power and just hold it for ourselves, it becomes busuk, right? It's not good for anything. It doesn't help anyone. And in the end, it's not even helping us because the whole purpose was to share it. I love when he was... He was sharing that, and I felt like it was was so powerful. We have a hope that will help every single person on earth. We have a power. We see that as the mission of the church. For us as Christians, that's, that's our mission. That's what we're supposed to be doing. As a church, there's a mission. There's a purpose. The church was created for something. And what we were created for is what we do outside of these walls. We gather together. We encourage each other. We push each other to love and towards the good deeds that we were created to do. But what we do as a church is to go out to the outside world. The total opposite of isolation. We're not afraid of the outside. We're sent to the outside to share what's been shared with us. And if you've ever seen churches that have a lot of problems on the inside, they have a lot of politics or a lot of power struggles. If you've seen churches like that that are are in competition or in battle with other churches or other denominations, the reason is because they are isolated and they've lost their purpose. They have no mission. When a church loses its mission, we get together and we argue about the color of the new wall in the kids area. Or we disagree about the color of carpet. There was a church in our hometown that They saved up their money. They got new carpet in the sanctuary. That sounds like an awesome thing. We don't even have carpet. You know, how happy would we be? They got new carpet. When the new carpet was put in, half of the church loved it. Oh, it's beautiful. The other half of the church hated the new carpet. There was fighting in the church about the color of carpet. Imagine, when we talk about that, how ridiculous. But imagine if you were living it. Your whole Christian purpose is whether you're for the new carpet or against the new carpet. The church split. It divided. The church was destroyed from the inside because of a stupid thing like the color of the carpet. It was ridiculous. That's because that church had become isolated. It wasn't reaching out to the outside world. It wasn't reaching out beyond its walls. Let me tell you, here we don't have these problems. I'm not. Well, I, I was going to say I'm not saying that bragging. I am saying that bragging. We don't have those problems. There's no power struggles here. We don't have politics going on in the church. We don't fight about things. You could ask any of our staff. You can ask Carrie. Why? Because we are too busy focused on the mission. We're too busy doing what God has called us to do. We're too busy trying to reach outside. When we're so focused inside, we become isolated. Our superintendent from our hometown back in Alabama, he used to say it like this. He would say, a church becomes cannibalistic when it's not on mission, meaning meaning a church will destroy itself from the inside when it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And individually, I believe we do the same thing. When we isolate ourselves, we will destroy ourselves from the inside. We're left too, too alone with our own thoughts, assuming what people mean by a word or a look that they gave. Some of us have you ever been at a time where, maybe you're homesick or whatever, and you just feel like you were alone with your own thoughts too long. You're like, I'm driving myself crazy. Anyone ever feel like that? The only, the only thought in your head is yours, and after a while, you're like, I, I need to get out of the house. I'm going crazy. This is this kind of isolation, just assuming what people mean, blaming others for our loneliness. I went to church on Sunday. No one talked to me in the lobby. They're not welcoming at all. They're welcoming to everyone else. I'm not welcome there. These things that we assume when we don't talk to someone. Oh, no one talked to me. No one welcomed me. I'm not welcomed. Everyone's welcome but me. We, we do that to ourselves when we're alone too much. Maybe something like this. They don't understand me. No one understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. We've been, we're isolated. We're not sharing what we're going through. Of course, no one understands because we're isolated. We don't talk to anyone. We start to destroy ourselves from the inside. I've known people that have felt like sort of had the attitude that the entire world was against them. The only one, them. Everyone else is wrong. Have you ever been at that place? I'm right. The entire world is wrong. If you ever start to feel like you are the smartest person on earth, it means you're spending too much time alone. Right? I'm the only one that knows anything. Everyone's wrong. That's from isolation. You need to get around people and find out, man, I have much to learn. So what do we need to do? If these three things threaten us, hidden sin, undiscovered purpose, isolation, what three things do we need to do that that not only Do I believe the movie showed us and illustrated, but I believe scripture shows us. Number one and obvious is remove hidden sin. If God has revealed any hidden sin, I believe if you have some hidden sin in your life, you know it's there. You thought about it this morning coming to church. When I mentioned the word hidden sin, when I talked about David, you you already remembered that thing. And what you need to do is just remove it. Let go of it. David says in Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7, What happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven. What joys when sins are covered over, not by hiding, but by Jesus' blood. What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record. There was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was. But my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration." All day and all night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Now I say that each believer should confess his sins to God when he is aware of them, while there is time to be forgiven. Judgment will not touch him if he does. You are my hiding place from every storm of life. You even keep me from getting into trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. This is David after that experience of trying to hide the sin with Bathsheba and it almost destroying everything. This is David after the prophet Nathan had to come to him and say, King, what are you doing? And David fell on his face and he confessed everything and made everything right with God. And God wiped all of it away. So David's writing in Psalms, he's like, man, what happiness to have that hidden sin gone. What joy to know that it has been cleared away and washed away. If you have any kind of hidden sin, you need to get rid of it. It can destroy everything. It can ruin everything. God can't bless hidden sin. He can't bless your life if you've got something in your life keeping him from blessing you. It's like you're, you're rejecting the blessing. He wants to bless his children, but you've got this thing. God, I just don't want to let go of this. And he's saying, let go of it. And what I'm going to give you is make you say, man, I'm so glad I let go of that. Man, the happiness I feel now, the joy. Let me show you this video clip. This is when uh, King T'Challa, the new king, he confronts his father about the sin that was hidden. And he's discussing this with him. And and how wrong it was, and he finally sees what he needs to do about it. Let's take a look at this clip.
0: The time has come for you to come home and be reunited with me. Why didn't you bring the boy home? Why, Baba? He... He was the truth I chose to omit. You were wrong to abandon him. I chose my people. I chose Wakanda. Our future depended. You were on wrong! To turn our backs on the rest of the world. We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest. While he sits on the throne. He's a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must... I must right these wrongs. Hey, look at me. You can't let your father's mistakes define who you are. You get to decide what kind of king
1: you are going to be. These are two of the most powerful scenes in the movie where we see King T'Challa having to confront this hidden sin that threatens to destroy the entire kingdom, threatens to destroy his family. And I love how it's referred to as, you know, obviously he's talking about a physical person on the throne, but in our lives, that hidden sin will become like a monster and will threaten to take the throne of your life where Jesus is supposed to be sitting. But this hidden thing will, will push further and take more and more till finally this sin is controlling everything. It controls your time. It controls all this time you're trying to hide and, and sin again to make up a new lie and sin again to cover it up. Any of you that have ever dealt with hidden sin, you know the power that that thing can have in your life. And just like this, threatening to take over the throne where Jesus is supposed to be. And he's saying, I've got to make this right. I can't just rest and let this take over. I've got to fix it. And I love the other scene where the girl's talking to him, and and she's saying, it doesn't matter what your father did. You choose what, what king you're going to be. I think that's the same in our lives. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter the sins of your past. It doesn't matter what your parents did. It doesn't matter what your grandparents did. It doesn't matter what our ancestors did. We choose the people that we are going to be. You choose who you are going to be in this life. You choose who you are going to be in the story of your life. It's your decision. You decide. Who am I? Who am I I really? And we have to remove that sin and decide to be the person God created us to be. The second thing we need to do, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Look at this next scene.
0: let the challenge begin you <laughs> I am Prince T'Challa! Son of King T'Chaka! You can do this, T'Challa! Oh, come on! Kill! Don't make me kill you! Now I'd rather die! You have fought with honor. Now you, your people need you. Here's man.
1: Man, we couldn't have a Marvel movie without some action, right? Some of you guys like, let it roll, let it roll. No. (laughs) This scene, I want you to remember this scene. Because for a Christian, this is exactly how we are supposed to face the enemies in our life. This is exactly how you're supposed to face problems and struggles and suffering. It's how you're supposed to face Satan and temptations. When something comes at you in this life, just like in that movie, And M'Baku, who was threatening T'Challa, he says, where is your God now? I promise you, every single one of you in this room, if you haven't already, at some time in your life, you're going to face something that is basically looking at you and saying, where is your God now? Where is your God now? You have to remember who you are. I love that scene when T'Challa's mother yells, show him who you are. Because I believe as Christians, there's times in our life where we have to stand up and we have to show the enemy who we are. When temptation comes and we plant our feet firmly on the ground and we say, I'm not going to move. I'm a son of the king. I'm, I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm forgiven. I have power. I, I'm an heir to the, the kingdom of heaven. You know, when we remember who we are, we're not beat. We're not defeated. We're not weak. We're strong in Jesus because where I'm weak, his strength is more than enough. His grace is sufficient. We have all of these things that define who we are. We're forgiven. We're a forgiven people. When Satan comes at you with sin or reminds you of your past and says, where is your God now? You know exactly who you are. My God is with me. My God is right here. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives inside of me. When you experience pain in life that threatens to destroy you and makes you just want to go home and isolate yourself and quit, you have to remember who you are and say, no, I can't be stopped. There's nothing that can defeat me. Remember who you are. Whatever you face in this life, I want you to remember this scene, even when it's painful. And when he physically had that spear stabbed into his chest, there was some pain, but it didn't stop him. He kept moving forward. And he said, I'm, I'm the son of the king. When you experience pain, keep moving forward. Say, I'm, I am a child of God. I'm a son or daughter of the living God. You're royalty. Remember, we just finished First and Second Peter. He said, we are a royal priesthood. You are royalty. Why? Because if you are a Christian here, if you love Jesus, you are covered in the blood of a king. You have royal blood inside of you. Never back down Never let sin beat you. Never let struggles push you around. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are the child of a king. Could I ask the worship team to come up? And the third and final point, after you remove hidden sin, remember who you are. You need to reach out beyond yourself. The church has to be an example. There's a a clip of uh, a speech that King T'Challa gives in this movie, and he says, we've been hidden, but now it's time for us to come out and be an example to the world. He says, now is the time to show the world who we are. I believe as a church, that is always the, the calling that God has given us. Now is the time to show the world who we are. Now is the time, church, if you are a part of Icy Maidan, God would say Icy see Now is the time to show Maidon who we are. Now is the time to show this city who we are. Now is the time to show this country who we are. Now is the time to show the world who we are. As Christians, individually, we have to reach beyond ourselves. Godly men in here, God is saying now is the time to show your family who you are. Now's the time to show your wife who you really are. Now's the time to show your children, to show your parents, to show your colleagues at work, to show your your friends that aren't Christians, your non-Christian friends. Now's the time to show all of them who you are. Godly women in this room, now is the time to show the world who you are. Show your husband who you are. Show your husband God inside of you. Show your children what a godly woman looks like. Show your parents, your grandparents, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters. Now's the time, church, to show the world who we are. Now is the time. We can't be hidden. We can't be isolated. We have a calling. We have a purpose. We have to remove the hidden sin that threatens to destroy. We have to remember who we are. And we have to reach out beyond ourselves. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I read this article this week written by a guy named Ryan Duncan. We must be related somehow. I don't know him. Uh, I loved his Nama Marga. Like, I can trust this guy. Uh, but he wrote this. He had seen the movie Wakanda and I was just reading all sorts of things about the movie and he wrote this article and this was a quote that, that he put in the article. He was talking to the church. He said, we are the peacemakers. We are the world's spiritual guides we are the good guys who will stand up to injustice see where this is leading like Wakanda we can become so consumed by our own self-interest that we shut the door on those in need instead of meeting our neighbors we shun them and instead of helping those in need we turn them away in the name of self-protection that is not the way Christ called us to live it's time to show the world who we are it's time to show the world whose you are